I want to look primarily at the life of Joshua today. Uh, I want to go through some of the transition of leadership that went from Moses to Joshua, in that it was probably one of the smoothest transitions that you get of leadership in Scripture. And I think there's some things to note, but also beyond that, there are some things within the life of Joshua that I'd like everyone to note. You know, not, not everyone's going to say, I'm a leader or I want to be a leader, but uh, there are things in that that are about his life that I think are important for all of us. And so that's what I want to hit as well. Really, the first time that you see him brought to the forefront is in the book of Exodus when he's called to lead troops into battle. So even though he's listed as a young man, he's not just a boy. And he's been a, a family leader already. In fact, over the tribe of Ephraim, that would have been about 40,000 people. So he'd already established himself within his family and tribe, so to speak. And so in, in looking at that, it's important to note when the Bible picks up this person, he's already a leader. You know, as a family leader, you, may, you, know, you might say, I, I, I have these goals in leadership. There's these things that I'd like to do. And, and, and generally, I tell people, well, start leading in your family. Do a good job there and then see where it goes. And, and that's, that's not sitting on the couch and saying, wife, bring me some nachos. I want nachos tonight. And, uh, you know, going, well, she brought me nachos, so that proves I can lead. You know, what you're going to hear from the Lord is not you, nacho boy. <laughs> you know, uh, okay? Uh, yeah, I've been saving that. Uh, but it really is important to start working within the sphere that's yours and start looking and saying, this is what needs to happen, and I'm going to invest myself toward that and everything I can to see that happen and flourish, and those around me flourish as well. So Joshua, early on in this book of Exodus, before Mount Sinai, so this is early into their walk in the wilderness, they haven't refused to go into Canaan yet. Uh, they have a, a group encounter them that wants to start a battle, the Amalekites. And so Moses goes up on the mountain, and it says that every time he raises his, his hands, they have victory. Every time his hands come down, they begin to suffer defeat. And so two, Aaron and her, are up there holding up his arms so they can have victory. But... Joshua is down leading the troops. And they have a, an incredible victory that day. So we see that family leader, but also his first experience of leading the group as a whole is this introduction that we get from him. A uh, little bit later in the same book, Moses is called up on the mountain to talk with the Lord and to receive the, the tablets with the Ten Commandments. Joshua goes with them. You know, the elders go up to a point, and then Joshua is his servant at that point. And so he goes with them, and, and uh, you know, he's having this awareness of, 
of Moses talking with the Lord in this encounter, but Joshua's getting his training in the presence of God even then. And then in the 33rd book, our 33rd chapter of Exodus, it says, the Lord used to speak to Moses face to face as one speaks to his friend. Moses turned again to the camp and his assistant Joshua, the son of Nun, a young man, would not depart from the tent. So there's this tabernacle where they're encountering the presence of the Lord and, and it's like a cloud settling on this place. Moses goes and talks to the Lord and then he goes about his way. So Joshua just parks there. He just, there's something that he knows that's powerful and he, he, he's not going to leave it. He just ties himself into it and establishes himself there. So this goes on about his life. Uh, they send the 12 spies into the land of Canaan. Joshua's one of those guys. He and Caleb come back with a good report, two of the 12, the only two. And out of that, again, it's stated those are the only two that are going to get the benefit of going into the promised land. In Deuteronomy, walking through this, or racing through it, however. Um, excuse me, I'm jumping ahead. Don't want to race that fast. In Numbers yet, uh, it says, The Lord said to Moses, Take Joshua, son of Nun, whom is the Spirit, lay your hand on him and make him stand before Eliezer the priest and all the congregation, and you shall commission him in their sight. Moses has been told, you're going to die because of your disobedience. You're not entering the promised land. And Moses said, well, the people need a leader. They need someone to take them in. And God says, Joshua's the one. And there's this commissioning ceremony. And so Moses is saying, this is the one. And, and he lays his hands on him and anoints him. It's also significant that the priest is brought in to serve uh, as... Uh, you know, a voice for the Lord, but also he's subservient to Joshua. And this, this hierarchy, so to speak, is being established in that uh, moment. In Deuteronomy, Moses is told by the Lord, encourage Joshua. You know, just do what you can to encourage him in this leadership. And then at the end of the book, it says, Moses summoned Joshua and said to him, in the sight of all Israel, be strong and courageous. Now that phrase is, is what I think is significant to all of us. And whether you're a leader or not, I want you to hone in on that and think about that for a few minutes. Strong and courageous. He's not talking physical strength. But you start to say, well, what other kinds of strength are there? And, and what are the contrasts of one who's not strong? And if it says be courageous, what, what does that involve in regard to a Christian life. So let's, let's just take that phrase, because it's going to come up several times in the next bit, and just start chewing on what that would mean to us as a people. In the book of Joshua, chapter 1, that's what I want to walk through in the next few minutes. It says, After the death of Moses, a servant of the Lord, the Lord said to Joshua, the son of Nun, Moses' assistant, Moses, my servant, is dead. Now, therefore, arise, go over to the Jordan, you and all this people, into the land that I'm giving to them, to the people of Israel. Every place that the sole of your foot will tread upon, I'll give to you, just as I promised to Moses. 
So this incredible promise is coming out, and God's saying to Joshua, I want you to take this whole group across the Jordan and establish them as a people. It says, No man shall be able to stand before you all the days of your life, just as I was with Moses, so I will be with you. I will not leave you or forsake you. He's had training. He's established himself as a leader. He's now had this marvelous promise from the Lord and this declaration, here's your mission. Go and do. And the Lord says to him, be strong and courageous. For you shall cause this people to inherit the land that I swore to their fathers to give them. Only be strong and courageous. Again, this phrase is coming out. Being careful to do according to all the law that Moses, my servant, had commanded you. Do not turn from it to the right or the left, that you may have good success wherever you go. So he's saying, there are some conditions attached to this. For one, you've got to walk the appropriate path. You've got to do what the Lord has commanded. He says, the book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, and you shall meditate on it day and night, so that you may be careful to do according to all that is written in it. Then you will make your way prosperous, and then you will have good success. So as you follow this guideline, this manual that's been laid out for you, you can plan on success and prosperity. So awesome, awesome opportunity, provision. Have I not commanded you, be strong and courageous? What have we seen that? At least four times come up already? So we're recognizing this is a condition that is extremely important. This is kind of the linchpin, whether his leadership will be established or not. This is the key to making it work. Now here's the contrast. Do not be frightened and do not be dismayed, for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. We often think, well, yeah, I think I'm being strong and courageous. I, I, I think I'm doing those things. But how often do we walk in fear and discouragement? How often does dismay rule the day? How often is there this thing of, it's just not, I don't know what's, I don't, you know, God will come through at some point. I, I just, you know, or, or this fear that says, there's no way. This, this seems like it's, it's just no way. We'll just do the best we can and hope that it'll get figured out later in the Lord. I want to suggest to you that the life of faith has a perseverance to it, or an attached discipline that says, God is faithful, and I need to keep trusting in that always. And that when we are being dominated by fear or discouragement, we should be willing to at least admit to ourselves that this is not the level of strength and, and courage that God is calling us to as a people. It's easy to walk in the blues. It's easy to just mope along. And it's very easy to blame the Lord saying, I don't know what he's up to. 
Maybe he loves me. <laughs> maybe, you know, maybe I'm just one of those cursed ones. Maybe he doesn't, you know, does he really care? Those are the other extremes, right? What Joshua was being challenged with and called to by Moses, by the Lord, is this thing of, if you're going to accomplish what's been laid out before you, and you're going to walk in this fantastic promise and accomplish this taking of a people group and establishing them as a nation, it is dependent upon you walking in a strength and courage that identifies with the faithful, faithfulness of God. And it is the same today, whether it be in your family or community at large or even beyond that. You do not walk in the strength and promises of God without a measure of confidence in his care over your life and his willingness to work good into your situation. And when you are all the time walking in fearfulness, you need to acknowledge this is not what God has called me to. And when discouragement may rule a day, are you saying, well, my family, you know, functioned in these blues and, you know, I got it. And this area walks in, in depression. And, you know, so it's natural to have it. Well, it may be natural, but it's not supernatural. And what you want is the presence of God to be dictating how you move. And so in this, I, I just, I, I put it out for all of us. That when we have acknowledged that we are walking more in despair than in confidence in the Lord, we need to at least acknowledge it for what it is and say, this is a lack of faith. And really what God is desiring of me is to trust in his faithfulness. Well, he listens. That's the good part of the story. So we'll look at the conclusion quickly. Commanded the officers of the people, pass through the midst of the camp, command the people, prepare your provisions, for within three days you're to pass over the Jordan. So you would note later on, if you read the book, it's at flood stage, so potentially it's up to a mile wide. Wrong time to cross a river, right? In the Lord, it was perfect. You know, they're going to cross. Everybody in the region is going to know that they crossed at flood stage. And they're going to know God is with those people. You don't get to have stories to share of God's faithfulness unless you're actually in a situation. You don't get to claim victories and major victories until you come through major issues. So in this situation, he's rallying a group of people and saying, three days, we're going to get it done. And it's literally sink or swim. You know, it, it, there's this knowledge. Today's the day. This is the moment. We have lived for this. And he sends them through. Then he goes to the, to the tribes that are going to stay on the other side that have seen the land that they've conquered already and they like it. And he says, you're coming with. 
We're not dividing up now. It's not time to, for you to settle down and just do your own thing. But as a group, we're going to go and get, get this thing done. It says, the people answered, all that you've commanded, we will do. Wherever you send us, we will go. Just as we obeyed Moses in all things, we will obey you. May the Lord your God be with you as he was with Moses. Whoever rebels against your commandment and disobeys your words, whatever you command them shall be put to death. Only be strong and courageous. That sounds severe to us when we read it. You know, we're going to do whatever you want. Anybody that complains against that, we'll put them to death. Except that they had been 40 years working through the grumbling and complaining. They saw the fruit of how destructive it was, rebellion and what it had brought to their, to their parents and to their whole situation. So they're at this moment saying, we have to do this. And out of that, of course, comes tremendous victories. We'll probably look at that in days ahead. Father, we thank you for the scripture that speaks life to us. We thank you that we can look back over these stories of old and acknowledge them as part of our story as well, since we are connected to the same God, the God of Moses and the God of Joshua, the same faithful God who is our God today. And ask, Lord, for each one here that as we look within our lives, in regard to issues of strength and courage, that you will give us wisdom as to what your desires are. And for those that have promises from you, that sense of destiny of what you've called them to, I pray specifically that you'll give them the strength and courage to walk that out, that they might see your promises fulfilled. We rejoice in your goodness this day. Amen.